Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome back to the Crown Refs podcast for episode 301. We hope you enjoyed episode 300 featuring Gene Steratore. If you didn't have a chance to check it out, I would definitely recommend it. He was tremendous, so thank you, Gene. Um, This is the 10th installment of Rapid Responses. I think this is a cutting-edge series that's devoted to helping you become a tactical communicator under pressure. We teach you the skills to be able to respond professionally to anything a coach will ever say to you. So in this episode, the main topic um, that we discuss is overcoming the fear in officiating and not being scared to firmly manage the coaches. We cover the concepts of offense versus defense, also addressing proper communication guidelines over giving an explanation, and we also discuss the power of changing up the subject matter. Not only is this podcast loaded with game-changing communication content, we also included in this episode a written document that's titled 38 Power Principles to Help You Most Effectively Manage the Coach. This document is a link that is in this show description. So if you just scroll down, you will find the link to read the document on Medium, which is 38 Power Principles to Help You Most Effectively Manage the Coach. So if you can take in this audio content and listen to the podcast and couple it with reading this document that we provided, this is going to be a communication and game management unlock for you. So we hope you enjoy. Reach out if you have any questions and have a great rest of your day. This episode of the Crown Refs podcast is brought to you by RefereeStore.com. To save 15% on all United Attire products, enter Crown15 at checkout. We hope you enjoy this episode and do us one last favor before you listen. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs podcast. The audio experience for basketball officials. Serve the game. Respect each other, respect us, respect the game. Then I'll say, hey, coaches, we're very approachable if you have a question and we have time to answer it, but we expect respectful and professional communication tonight. Is that fair? That is the starting point to our game management for all high school games. I think we can just just write that one down, do it every time. So let's start with with this. You know, I think overall, us as officials just allow too much. I I really do. Looking like from a historical perspective, thinking back like when I used to watch games to when I first got into refing to even today, yesterday, today. Like we just allow too much. And I think there's maybe two main reasons why is because number one, we're scared. And number two is we don't know how to effectively manage difficult people that are, let's face it, not respectful and not sportsmanlike to use the officiating term, right? So it's it's challenging, very challenging, but we're kind of in this place, right, with officiating where we all know about the abuse, um, verbal, we, all, we, we know about that whole culture. And this is our attempt at really changing the culture from a communication and game management point of view. So rapid responses, we're on part 10 right now, and we're looking to even evolve it even more um, to a more firm, offensive, professional approach. So I have a few bullets that we'll start with start with as like macro points. Um, these are strategies, these are approaches, these are kind of our philosophy going into the conversation. So this is gonna help you kind of dictate the direction of your conversation, having these big picture points already down and established. Um, so we know we allow too much, and, I, and one, I get a lot of data 
from speaking with so many officials, right? Like I think probably more than any ref, I have more interaction reps. So I listen and um, I, you know, form observations and opinions. And we're scared of coaches. You know, there's a fear. We don't talk about fear a lot, but fear is really a part of officiating. Um, there's just embedded into the culture. A lot of refs are, are scared, and the ones that aren't usually go the exact other opposite way and they're just not respectful or they lose their professionalism right or their show ego so i think we need to find a happy medium and a balanced ground um, between those you know two opposite ends of the spectrum so not being fearful um, what do you guys you know i was thinking about this the other day what do you think one of the most missed calls is that we don't talk about Can you say that again, Paul? Miss, missed causes? Missed calls. Out of bounds? That, okay, yeah, sure. Like some of, I'm not saying it's number one, but some other yeah. of the most common missed calls that we don't talk about necessarily. I feel like it's getting better, but I think that hand checks have been a big one, but they've been a point of emphasis recently, so I think it's getting better, but they, we just kind of let it go in the past. Yeah, I think probably the freedom of movement thing for me personally, at least like with post play and stuff like that, the initial getting into their position, that's like a really challenging play for me, I guess. So I guess I probably made like some stuff go rather than actually call it. And to get back, thanks for sharing. And to get back to what the theme of the night is, in my opinion, one of the most missed calls is, is a technical foul. I'm not saying we miss five a game. Hopefully, hopefully that doesn't happen. But there's a lot of games where we walk away saying, I should have whacked them. Right? So those are missed calls. Um, so interesting to think about. So we have to another a bullet that I want you to think about is coaches really try to intimidate us. They really do. Um, and they're not our boss. So I think that's one thing to think about. Remo removing that dynamic, thinking that they're our boss, thinking that they're an angry customer and you're the waiter trying to service them and be polite and just listen to whatever they have to say. So I think a lot of that transfers into officiating and we have to move away from that and just remove it. And, and that, that's connected to fear, right? Not, not thinking of them as they're going to take money out of your pocket or they're going to hurt your career. And I think a lot of officials think that that's part of the culture too. And there's a lot of reasons why, but we ref, a lot of us ref for ratings and a lot of us ref to get the playoff game we want. I mean, we all want the playoff game, but some of us do it in order to cozy up to the coach that they can get a good rating on, which will then place them in the game that they want. So that trickles down into the way we manage, right? So we're just coming at it from a purebred officiating perspective. Um, uh, here's another great point too. Um, whether it's correct or incorrect, our approach is the same, right? We allow too much leeway when we know we made a mistake and we allow them to do more than the rule book says and more than we should because we know we missed it and we think we, we should allow that. We think we deserve to get yelled at right you guys feel like you on incorrect calls when you know you miss something you just let the coach do way more than you normally would i feel like i definitely let them talk a little bit more to me without like being like okay that's enough type of a thing where if i know i got it correct i feel like i'm quicker with that coach that's enough or like what I feel is a confident explanation or even like a, hey coach, if it's saying the way you happened, it said, I could have missed it type of a thing. But I feel like I let them complain longer, even if it's not demonstrative, but we'll take a little bit more. Carmela, how do you feel about that? Uh, yeah, I, I feel the same way. Um, you know, when you know you got a call that was incorrect, not having your confidence put down, and then 
so you let coach speak and hear his side of it as opposed to when you are correct on a call um you know you have that confidence to have a rebuttal statement with the coach and that's how i feel Yeah, I mean, I think there's a natural tendency when you make a mistake to want to give the benefit of the doubt or just allow a little bit more. But I think we need to get the approach the same, the same. And as soon as they start barking about what we missed, the conversation is no longer about the call. It's about the way they're communicating. And I'll take that'll get to the next point. Um, addressing proper communication over the explanation right so if there's a notable play to discuss that the coach wants to discuss um, but they're not doing it in a respectful manner i may start with my quick explanation but the point of the conversation is not the explanation it's got to be the way to address the proper communication and that's another area where we struggle we only speak about what they want to speak about and um, what are some of your lines that you'll use to like call out their communication? Yeah, I definitely I wrote a few down. I want to. Um, do you want me to get to some of those responses now, or do you want me to finish some of these points? Take a couple more minutes, and then um, we can get it. Yeah, and then we'll get into responses for sure. Sorry. Okay, no worries, not at all. Um, so I think this is one area where we lack is we just talk about their subject matter. So here's another huge tip that works for me. And you've probably heard me say it again. Let me reiterate it. Change the subject matter. I don't talk about what they want to talk about. I talk about what needs to be spoken about. You know, so that's a, another tip for you guys. We don't have to have these explanations for them. When they ask a respectful question, then of course, we're 100% gonna interact with that in a professional way. But we're not supposed to be like listening to them complain all the time or just there to speak about what they wanna speak about. If the issue raises above the level of an explanation, that's where we have to address that proper communication and change the subject matter. Um, so yeah, our initial responses should establish those communication guidelines. I think for the most part. Um, another tip, and I wanted to start with this, but offense, defense is another great way to think about how you're going to approach uh, a conversation, right? So there's offensive times where we have to change the subject and speak about the proper communication. And there's defensive times where it's just time to listen and it's time to de-escalate. And I hear you, that whole language, right? Um, and then there's just the normal conversations, which are self-explanatory, and they don't require offense or defense. So keep them as regular as possible. Coach asks you a very simple question. Just give them a simple, normal answer in your normal voice. Don't do anything different. Be yourself. But most of the time, it's not in the normal setting. It's either offense or defense. So understanding when we got to play. Uh, each one and yeah after we miss a call it may be initially the defensive approach you're right coach I definitely missed it that's my fault but you got to do me a favor right and then get into please don't shout at me from across the court that's not professional um, so offense defense remember that and just one term that I've heard anybody heard of rabbit ears yes. I want to hear I want to hear what your definition of rabbit ears is because nobody's really de truly defined it. So I want to hear your definition and then I'll tell you mine. You hear all the comments people are making about you? Or Hearing all the, the comments, crew? got you. All the crew, about the crew. Who when, do you when a coach responds, when, when a coach says, I, I wasn't talking to you, I was talking to, to my player. But in reality, what he was saying was about you or about your partner. And it was relating to you, and he said he was talking to you. So stop having rabbit ears. Hmm. That's one way I've, I've I've heard it. Oh, this is a coach telling you to stop having rabbit ears. No, just I I think I've heard it from like um, observers, like, or just like traditionally over, over the years. I don't have anything, any any moment in particular in mind, 
that's just kind of my, an example of my of a definition that I have. Okay, appreciate that, Chris. You ever heard of it? I mean, not really. Honestly, I've heard you say it before, but like you didn't really go into detail. You said we shouldn't have rabbit ears, um, from my understanding, at least. But. I think there's there's truth to both sides, right? Um, for me, like rabbit ears, I just remember here veterans probably, and I think we should not have rabbit ears with the crowd unless it's something we need to tell game management. So let's just push that aside. But I think I remember just veterans telling me to ha- to not have rabbit ears when I clearly hear like unsportsmanlike language. So like to your point, Elvis, you know, like maybe a veteran would tell me in that situation, oh, he's not. You know, he says it walking away, you know, don't have rabbit ears. When, in fact, he, we all know what he's doing. It's unsportsmanlike. He's doing it in an inconsiderate way, right? Like, if you want to say something about the ref, then you should say it to your team in private, right? Unless you wanted the ref to hear it. So I just think rabbit ears has been is part of the abuse culture for us, where we hear something that's unsportsmanlike, and we've been told to just let it go. Avoid it. Fear. You know, so my I, I I haven't heard rabbit ears very much, but it's just something I wanted to clarify. I don't I don't tell people you know about rabbit ears, but if you hear it, just just know there's kind of a new definition, and uh, you know we got to be on the offense there. So let's get into some of the responses. Um, Nikki, your question was how do we address that? proper communication over explanation. So one thing I'm doing in my pregame this year, and I started to do it at the tail end of last year, but for high school games, when we meet with coaches, that's a great time to establish these guidelines. Um, And if you would ask me a year and a half ago, I probably wouldn't have had anything to say to the coach, but I think it's just the platform um, when they're going to be respectful, when they're going to have be a good listener I think in that moment for five or ten seconds maybe the players aren't listening but if you give them the language that'll get their attention and make them listen I think it's a good entryway into managing the game so I'll say after I'm done talking to the players you know respect each other respect us respect the game then I'll say hey coaches um, and coaches were very approachable if you have a question and we have time to answer it but we expect respectful and professional communication tonight is that fair so that is the starting point to our game management for all high school games i think we can just just write that one down do it every time it's almost like we're getting in extra time a pregame with the coach for those 10 seconds but here's why it's really important. You've, you've established those communication guidelines still in a general way. We didn't go really specific to what they're doing in the game when it happens, but in a general, understandable way. Now the good part about this is when it happens in the game and they do shout at us or they do say something disrespectful or unsportsmanlike, we can easily reference this pregame. Coach, coach, we've already established the fact that we're going to speak respectfully tonight to each other. What happened? Right? Give them the reminder. So I, I love that play. Not only it's, it's killing two birds, it's, you know, like we said, just it's a great starting point, but it's something you can then rehash and pull from and use as already content that you've already, you know, get delivered to them. What do you guys think of that? love it i think i'm definitely going to incorporate that right so you know putting the offense on the coach right you know like we're not going to take like we already established a general like you said but it's like when it occurs that's just another you know another bull in our freaking in our ammo case basically we just right right back like why are you doing that we already spoke about this coach like talk to him. what's up like it makes you look like the better i mean obviously we're trying to be the better but we're trying to be professional and the better person but it makes you look like that too when you're interacting with these guys or girls maybe they'll realize finally like oh maybe i need to chill out like he's right she's right i've always used uh like we're approachable if you come at us with respect in my pregame like or coaches meeting so i've never taken it and then in a game been like Hey, this isn't very special. Like, 
like I haven't used it, it's like referred back to that. So I think that's helpful since we've already established that. Absolutely. What do you think, Carmela? Yeah, absolutely. Um, what was one other point I was trying to make on that? Um, oh, so when you do say that in the pregame, make sure you're looking back and forth at each coach right in their eyes with a firm look, but a smile and a kind vibe as well. Like, um, coach, we're very approachable if you, have a if you have a question and we have time to answer it, but we expect professional and respectful communication tonight. Is that fair? So that's how I'm doing it. <laughs> Try to um, not only give you guys the responses, but the delivery of it, because the tone and tenor of of each, you know, time you communicate is important too, and it speaks just as much as the words. Um. So here's a couple other responses I wrote down. Um, Coach, I'd be more than happy to give you an explanation about a play, but we need to first establish a respectful uh, dialogue. And shouting from the court is not professional a professional way to communicate. Let me bring that back. Coach, I'd be more than happy to give you an explanation about a play, but we first need to establish a respectful dialogue, and shouting from across the court isn't a professional way to communicate. And then I'm just going to pause and, and bounce it to him. Um, I, I'm sure some people are going to think that's too long. We don't speak long enough. We're always in a rush with the coaches. So um, establishing these guidelines should happen like in a dead ball situation or better yet, a timeout where we actually have 10 to 15 seconds to speak to them. And some people feel uncomfortable maybe given a long response. You got to just get comfortable with it and take your time and use patience, right? And just there's no stress here. This is how we work. You know, um, we're just trying to establish that professionalism. And it comes in mo a lot of words uh, sometimes, not just sh quick, short responses. Um, coach, it's important. So here's another thing I want to try to start doing this year. They've tried to coach us for a long time, but they're doing a bad job coaching us because they're emotionally invested in the game. Obviously, they're not giving us information, to be fair. Right, that's obvious. So what, what my thought process is, I wanna start coaching them, but in the most opposite, more effective way, and give them information that they know is 100% truthful, and maybe it might be hard to hear it initially, it's the truth, right? So just to frame that up into this next response, Coach, it's important we both stick to our roles in the game. What can we do to get you back to focusing on your players and not the refs? So I established the communication guidelines there inside of a question. Coach, it's important we both stick to our roles in the game. What can we do to get you back into focusing on your players and not the refs? And then listen. I like that. I like that, Paul. I could have used that one today. <laughs> I, uh, instead, I, I used a different, a different crowd approved line that, that also ended up working. But I could have used that one. Well, tell us about it. Yeah, no, it was. Um, I was uh, right in front of the coach in transition at the new lead, and his player in the backcourt. He thought the player got fouled as he uh, split two defenders that were legal. We had no call, and afterwards we had like a travel or something. We had a little bit of dead ball time. He was, he was talking about how we have to make that call. He was saying he got hit, and we have to make that call. At first, I was I was just listening to him, but then he came out of the out of the court like, just a little bit, and I I almost fumbled it. I almost fumbled it. I uh, I, I, I said, hey coach, you gotta stay in your box. And he was like, wait, what? What are you talking about? He was literally like a foot a foot outside of the box, and I could have gone. 
do an explanation mode about the play and why it was legal. But instead, I said, hey, coach, I understand, but I need you to coach your team. I need us to officiate. Is that fair? Bam. And he said, and he said that's fair. And put, he literally put his, his hands back up and, uh, and, and backed away. And then we kept, we kept it going. And it was like, it was very simple. It was very short, but it was effective. Like, I didn't need to go into a, a deep explanation, which sometimes is, it's helpful as well. But we're not talking about the play when he's telling me that it's true. We have to make that call in a louder voice. And he says it four times in a row. Uh, but yeah, that, that, was, that, that was the scenario I had. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. You were, you, yeah, you were. You were pretty similar to the response I gave in the sense that you were delivering kind of that coaching content, but in a good, truthful way, right? right? He realized yep. that his his role in the game, you know, somebody wrote, um, I got to share with you. I don't know if I did, but a, a, a youth coach wrote up a letter to the parents, I think. Yeah. Um, and there was such great content in there about just the real basic fun, the basics of the game of basketball, the sport of basketball. Like there's four participants. There's the players. There's the coaches. There's the referees and there's the spectators. You know, we all have a role and coaches are their role is blending into the officiating so we have to let them know what their role is sometimes and reminding them um so you know and one one good thing i heard in that email and that story was uh just the kind of the definition of each participant so the coach is supposed to be a positive leader for their players right referee is supposed to ensure safety and fairness um, players are supposed to work hard for their team, play the game hard, and spectators are supposed to positively cheer on their team. It's pretty simple, right? I think we could still enforce that, as basic as that is. And and that can be some ammunition, too, I think. To How would you do that, Paul? Um, How would you enforce that? So if you rewind to a few uh, iterations ago when I was talking about um, getting back to our roles. So, Coach, it's important that we both stick to our roles in the game and your role is to be a positive leader for your players and not criticize the officials. Is that fair? Can you work Can you work with me here? Or, what are they going to say? They're going to say, of course. Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, I like that. They can't They can't have a negative, you know, outlandish response to that. If they do, then it's... it's uh, kind of an easy easy way to, for us to handle it after that these rapid responses are all truth man yeah. it's not like it's not like a sales pitch it's yeah. we're delivering the truth and the truth is hard to deliver sometimes but we're form formatted in, in a way in a professional respectful way when you can deliver it through that portal then you can get a little stronger with your messaging but if it's um, has ego in, in it, right? Then it's gonna, it's not gonna be as effective. Um, so yeah, you know, coach, getting back, coach, you gotta do, do me a favor. Your job is to be a positive leader for your team, not to criticize the officials. We gotta get you back to your role in the game. What can I do? Work with me. Now I'm playing defense at the very end. What can I do? Work with me, coach. So you, you fuse the two. You um, kind of think a soft, that was a soft landing, right? Um, I got this uh, response from a player who is like maybe getting grabbed, but then does something to trumpet, right? So the defender's kind of like holding, and then the offensive beat A1 just hooks or something or pushes off. And then they come to you and say, ref, he's grabbing me. What do you guys say to that? Ref, he's holding me. Who's holding you? Who's holding me? Say, he, he might Who's be holding, holding me, man. What so number? I, I, I ref, 12. It's right there. You're right there. Go ahead, Antoine. Oh, I usually say, uh, well, I missed it that time, but I'll watch for it next time. Okay, but why are you saying you missed it if you didn't miss it? Because if I well, if I saw it, then I'm calling it. But if I didn't see it, 
then I'm, you know, I'll look for it next time. I just normally go, okay, I'll watch for it or something like that. So I think I, I totally understand. Maybe I didn't contextualize this um, scenario a little bit uh, clear enough, but like he's being grabbed, potentially a foul, but it, it doesn't get to that because he immediately trumps it. So what I like to say is, hey, I, I get it that he's grabbing you, but you have to give me a chance to call it before you do something greater. Uh, yeah, okay. You know, like, I, I just think that's the contextual response we want. Not saying, oh, I missed it because you have information on that play. I get it. He's, he grabbed you with his left hand. Yes, you have to let me process that before you extend your off arm. All right, ref. What about so, saying, also, I like that, Paul, obviously, but like, what about also if you say, I, I hear you, I hear you, um, what, where was he holding you? Like, under, like, Something like that, just seeing, like, giving him the power kind of question, just questioning him. Just, all right, I hear you. I'll look for it. I got you. Kind of like that. Yeah, I think you got to use that when you don't know what he's talking about. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? On this situation, we know exactly what happened. Okay, yeah. So deliver the truth. Got you. Don't give him a defensive response when you have information, right? We say bring the information. I'm bringing the information to you. Yeah, I saw the grab. Immediately as I'm trying to call it, you're pushing them off. Like, you could make it humorous. But we got the info there. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, like, hey, saying something like, hey, 12, I, I hear you, man. If I, if I see it, I, I'm going to call it. But if I saw, if I see a big push-off like what you did, I have to call that. You understand that? Good. Effective. Effective. You acknowledged what happened in his point of point of view. You empathized with him, and then you brought the truth. So, um, Elvis, what else you've been having in your games? Just uh, give me an update or any situations from a you know on the topic we're on with interacting with the coach. We can break down. Well, I kind of want to go back to to, to rabbit ears when it pertains to players interacting with each other and. And uh, had a situation today where I called a, deck, uh, a tech, double technical foul um, during a dead ball situation. We were, we were getting ready to shoot free throws, and um, the players were like, at first I couldn't hear them, but then they started getting closer to each other, face to face, and talking about about fighting. Basically, they were they were instigating each other, saying, "Hey, you want to go right now, or you want to go after the game?" So it was it was an easy double, double technical. So they weren't being very loud. Uh, or allowed enough to be here. And, you know, the coaches were saying, just for words, just, just for words. But that's, that's one where I feel like we just have to kind of nip it in the ball early so that, you know, fights can actually break out later. That was, that was towards the end of the first half. Um, that's just like an interaction that, that, I, that, I, that I had. And I was thankful that my crew was, was solid and kind of uh, allowed me to take a leadership role there for the second quarter. So they were like threatening each other? Yeah, basically, basically. Um, and there was one player that was doing it more, but I, so the other one had, I thought had a point in thinking that only, only opponents were technical. But I think in that situation, we have to penalize the, both of them for the potential of retaliation and, and the argument between two people for that second one in my mind. Is this like one particular play? Or is this like a few different plays that you're summing up? No, it, it was one particular play. It was, uh, you know, one kid was, he said he was grabbing him from from behind, and then, then they, they kind of got face to face with each other. They got in each other's face? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, we don't, those are bad conversations to get in with coaches after obvious technical fouls that they want to debate it so did, did you you reported the foul and the coach then was saying what just for talking i i, I just heard it i i uh, i went opposite and i i didn't even track with either coach at all um and it, okay. it kind of went pretty smooth as far as the, the game administration after that um, like i said it, it really wasn't an interaction with, with the coach it was just just uh, 
thinking about the, the rabbit ears and, and the rabbit players and like sure you're sure so i think that's a well there's nothing you could do with the players there. I think that's a technical automatic double tech when they get in each other's face. And if they're going to threaten each other, it could rise to the level of a disqualification if you feel like they're really going at each other and making threats, like I'm going to beat you up after the game type stuff. Um, but as far as the comments of the coach, I think that's a good one to walk away from. Um, it, it seems like he was the opposite end of the court. You could just kind of walk away from that. Had you been doing it in his space and he's shouting at you, that's a different game, right? So just um, having the self-awareness to know in the moment, are you playing offense or defense or or neither? Yeah. No, I think things are going well. I, I, have, I have another play early in the game, first foul of the game. Um, this is a different game last week. My partner, I was right in front of the coach. My partner had a had a defensive foul where the defender kind of pushed off before the shot. Um, I thought it was a really good call, especially between the, the first round of the game. The coach obviously disagreed, thought it was a, a, a quote, a weak, weak call, weak foul. He was saying, are we going to call that all game? Come on, guys. This is how we're going to start the game? Come on. I just asked the coach, hey, coach, what, what do you see? What do you see? And he, he just said, Alright, I saw nothing. I, I saw I saw nothing. Which at that point he kinda was he disarmed himself. Because I, I don't have to I, I don't have to answer. So I didn't. So I just my okay coach, I, I agree with my partner. We're gonna move on. And it was just kind of a very like I asked him what he saw. That can go many different ways. This so I want you to add a little bit to that. Maybe give your explanation, Coach. I had the, the offensive player displacing the defender. What did you see? Because that's going to make the what did you just see, what did you see even more impactful? Because you're delivering delivering the rule based explanation on top of that, instead of just going up to him, Coach. What did you see? Because now you're now we're playing in his framework potentially. So I think you're you're right there, but it's all about kind of adding and subtracting little pieces here and there. Good. Anything else while we're uh, working together here? All right, so why don't you uh, think of something. Let's bounce around to Chris. Chris, let's stay on this topic. Any uh, talk about some recent um, situations or conversations you've had with coaches? Uh, yeah, I mean, I could bring one. I had a scrimmage on, was it Tuesday? I had a scrimmage on Tuesday, and I had a, I had a coach, uh, assistant coach. They have, like, this this high school has, like, three assistant coaches, first off, which is, like, you know, kind of weird for, for high school freshmen, right? So, <laughs> I'm like, okay. So uh, my partner, he's in trail, opposite table, calls a foul. Um, coach gets mad because he wants to, uh, my partner said inbounded on the sideline and he thought that the ball should have been on the end line. And so he start assistant coach now starts screaming onto the court. It's gotta be an end line throwing. It's gotta be an end line throwing. So balls already administered. I, I, we switch, right? So now I'm in the new trail. Balls are already administered. He starts screaming. Um, then they call a timeout right away. So I, it wasn't like I had to assess a tech, right? Or something like that, right? It was like literally right away. As soon as the ball was inbounded, coaches, head coach was like, timeout, timeout. I'm like, all right, timeout, um, uh, white, whatever. I go, I, I go right to the bench. I'm like, whoa, 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 guys, guys, guys. Listen, I can't have you screaming onto the court about this play. Can you please like, let's have professional, like, Let's be professional, right? Let me just pause you real quick. Are you speaking directly to the coach or the assistant coach? So first, I I actually went right to the assistant because he he was the one that was starting everything. He instigated it, and it kind of like sparked that head coach as well. He got like super like he was just like super angry, and I was like, the tone in which then then when I when I spoke spoke to the assistant, I was like, whoa whoa, we got like let let's be professional, please. And he, he was like, I'm asking you a question. I was so like, let let's just delete this, right? We're gonna delete this approach. I like that you went over to there, but you just went to the wrong person. Yeah, we, we don't not go up to assistants. We don't speak directly to them in game management situations. We do when they ask us respectful questions, like they should during timeouts, but not in this situation. So you go and power the coach. 
and you speak um, directly to the coach. Coach, we're very approachable, but one voice from the bench, not only yours. I need you to control your bench. Is that is that fair? Can you help me out? Yeah, I I definitely struggle with that. Right, you know, it's tough when you got an assistant barking at you like he was in a disrespectful tone, which is why when he said, oh, I'm asking you a question, I was like, no, like, what do you mean you're asking me a question? The way you're in which you're telling me is, it's like, I'm screaming because then you won't hear me. I'm like, because we're on the opposite side of the court at this point, but you're right. Yeah, he was just right there. And then the assistant was literally right behind him. So it's like, I should just address the coach, be like, coach, like, if he's coming at me respectfully, like, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all ears, right, during a timeout, your assistant. But right now, I need to hear one voice from, voice from the bench. I can't have you screaming onto the court. Can you? Is that fair? Can you can you do that for me, please? And, like, just go from there, play off there. I think it was just, like, that's something I struggle with, definitely, the assistants, right? So. But I don't think you need to. I think it's yeah. it's actually an easy shift for you. You don't have to speak to them. And this could have been an automatic warning right away where we stopped the game and warned them. Or it could have been a technical foul. Like, we have those options as well. But you noticed when you started talking to the assistant, you went down a pointless thread of debating yes. where you say something to him, no, I didn't, and, and I don't want no back and forth. Yeah. This The rapid responses is to eliminate the back and forth. Definitely. Okay. So you just address him, just adjust the, the head coach, right? And then if I have to give a warning, I have to give a warning or a tech, right? I think I just need to be more, like you said, we're, we're kind of soft in those scenarios. I think that I definitely felt, felt, felt to that in that scenario, right? So definitely just like improving on that. But Here's another option we could have had. Boop, 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 boop. I have a bench warning on white. Please write that down. The bench has been warned. Coach, we're very approachable. If you have a question, I need one voice from your, your bench. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. There's no, you're not sticking around to speak to the coach anymore. You're leaving. And then we're out. I, I heard you out. say something about that too. Like, I liked what you said. I forgot what, which um, episode it was, but you were like, boop, 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 boop. That's a warning on the, on the co- uh, coach, whatever, unprofessional communication. And then you just, <laughs> like that, that's something I, I'm actually like, when I have to use it, you know, I'm definitely going to use that. It's in my back pocket, but uh, I definitely could have used that there too. Right. You know, it's similar scenario. It's funny, the impact of the, that line is almost like you cursed them at somebody. Oh, yeah. The, but it's like, you know, right the so, opposite yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. I just really just shut him up. <laughs> it's true. It, it, I got, listen, we're practicing this too. You know, I'm practicing with you guys because I need these reminders too. It's great to write these on paper and, and share it with each other. But it, then it's another thing. Remember it in the moment when you're focused on other things. So that's why yeah. this all takes practice and training. Exactly. So. But this is great the way we're. Go ahead. No, I, I appreciate. I appreciate you guys cutting me off. So anytime, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I, just because I want to, want to, I don't want to forget. Um, I wouldn't use this in this in your particular scenario, but I had a very similar scenario. And and Paul, I like, I like what you say about kindness being a superpower. So I try to always be be kind. I had a similar scenario where during a timeout, an assistant coach respectfully came to, to ask me questions. He said, hey, 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 ref, I got two things for you. And I said, whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. He was coming on, onto the court in a respectful way, and, and I just walked him back and said, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can you do me a favor? Can you actually tell your, your, your head coach to ask me those questions? And he said, wait, I'm not allowed to talk to you. Hey, I, I, would, just, I would just rather if your head coach would ask me the and, and he did. And then the head coach kind of asked those anything. He watched the handshake, and it was a way where I didn't give a warning, I didn't escalate, I just asked him to respectfully, you know, just have one voice. If he then would have started yelling or gotten escalated, then I think that would have been more complex. Could you just go back to the part where, where you referred him back to the head coach? What was he saying to you that made you want to end that conversation? All right, so was he respectful? He was. So then that's that's the time we can speak to the assistant. Yeah. Yeah, just 
because that's a normal conversation, right? There's no offense or defense there. He's speaking from one human to another human. He's doing his job during a timeout. He's coming to fact find. He's coming to seek information in a respectful way. We have to honor that. That's what I'm all about. I love these conversations. You know, let's um, gravitate towards them. And plus, you can build, you could build some equity there and some rapport with the assistant. Because what's going to happen after you give him the explanation? He's going to thank you. I appreciate it. So that's not the time to say, you know, I just, so that's fine. I'm glad you brought that up. It's great stuff. You won't do it again. You'll know, you'll, you'll be able to diagnose the situation and know what, what type of conversation it should be. So that's something we can answer. Um, let's go back to Chris. Um, I, I love how we're kind of tying in everything we spoke about in the beginning into these now specific situations where we can now pull from some of the responses we talked about and kind of format them for that exact situation, right? These are all, this is um, a, like, uh, you know, these are general responses. You have to figure out the context of how to apply it. So, Chris, what else you got? Um, I mean, I've had all scrimmages, like my first like high school games. That's fine. Don't so mind. like, I haven't really had much, but like I had one scenario I was going to ask you on Tuesday as well. I had a men's league game. Um, and I didn't know, like, I think I did the right thing, but I just want to get your opinion on it. So I had a, I was in lead, had a no call down low, um, no legal contact at all whatsoever, in my opinion. Right. So we're going down the court. I'm going into new trail guy just under his breath kind of was just like, these guys are effing terrible, right? So like it was, it wasn't like really loud. Like game before, I literally had a tech where I had, I, I called a hand check on uh some uh men's league game again. I called a hand check. He's like, hey, it's terrible, just screaming, right? So that's easy, right? But this one was kind of like lower, right? So how do I? You think I says the technical foul? I'm 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 not dealing with that, right? That's disrespectful, right? Unprofessional. How how do you think that was the right way to do it? If it was in a lower tone, I, I heard it. But then how do I also apply that? Maybe if a, I hear a coach say that in his own personal space, right? So mm -hmm. kind of like a two way question. Yeah, this is kind of like the rap. What we spoke about about rabbit ears, right? You you heard what he said. How how far was was he away from you when you said that? Not far, not far at all. I I was a few steps ahead of him. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think you. That's an automatic tech. The refs are effing terrible. So I heard you. You have to be smarter than that and have more basketball IQ to know that you can't F-bomb the ref in his personal space, regardless if you're saying it in a low tone. Guess what? Your low tone didn't work. I heard it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, he apologized to me after, too. Um, cool. You know, that happens a lot, too. But I had to, like, if a coach now, he's in his coaching coach's box, right? Oh, these guys are effing terrible tonight. What's wrong with these guys, right? And I'm I'm coming up the court, but he's in his own space. Says hello. I I think I'm doing the same thing. In my, in my opinion, you probably do the same thing, right? Yeah, I mean, if I hear a coach say we're effing terrible, I, I think that's an automatic technical foul. I mean, I don't like to speak in absolutes, but I think we can call that automatic. Yeah. That's not having rabbit ears. That's bad communication. Exactly. That's bad timing. You couldn't have waited. You couldn't have did that five seconds earlier when I was deep in the center position. Yeah. But now you're doing it when I'm in trail running right by you or yeah. back in center. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's not see, that's not rabbit ears. Yeah. I and, think better, yeah go ahead. No, I just think most refs are not calling that. Yeah. that. That's what I'm saying. We need to shift this culture and our approach and toughen up. If we start, if we start calling those little situations, they're gonna happen less. Yeah, it reiterates the point back to what you said. We're like personally, like, like I've definitely fallen accustomed to that, right? I'm, I'm, I'm soft about that. Like, I'm like, oh, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Oh, it's all right, you know, it's an emotion. No, like, we gotta address these things. So I think that having that reiteration from you is what I needed to hear too, because like sometimes I'm like, should I have done that? I'm like, yeah, I, I had to, I have to do that. Having thick skin is different from being disrespected in, in that manner you know so i think that that mind shift though is important for all of us like all referees it's, it's tough, you know? especially au type setting um where no game management is there and, and, and it's just you like i, I could have thrown a parent out easily yesterday in my game 
but it's just like I don't want to start it. Like you know what I mean? You're like your safety then comes in because these guys start getting up. They want to instigate everything, so it's just tough. But um, it happens a lot in the AU culture. Sure, sure. And having the awareness to know safety is always first. So if you feel like that's not something you want to address, and you're gonna just walk away from that for to go home at night healthy, then that's a great decision. Yeah, that's what I um, thought too. I, I just said okay when I spoke to. The, I, I had to tell the parent, you know, relax. Or, yeah, he didn't want to listen to me. He took it defensively. I said okay. I just walked away. Okay, you want to be like that? I said. If we know who says something and we hear it. We're good. We we heard it, but they said yeah. it. I think that's pretty simple, you know. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, Carmela, how's your games going? I'm waiting to hear about your rapid responses this year. Have you had to bring them out? Yeah, I had. Um, I had mentioned to you a while back where there was one middle school game I had, and you know the uh, interaction I had with the coach, I felt really good about. Uh, situation was that White had fouled one of his players. Um, no, let me, let me rewind that. Uh, so this was eighth, seventh grade boys, and White had a really clean block on Black, and White kind of, you know, flexed and looked at him, and you know, at the middle school level, you know, I. I tell him, you know, hey, don't, you can't be doing that. You know, high school is going to be a technical. You know, it's not to me. And, you know, his excuse was, oh, I'm, you know, sorry, I got excited. I'm a baseball player. I'm like, okay, that's cool. But right now we're playing basketball, so you can't be doing that. So down the second half. Um, By the way, it just gave you two excuses in one sentence. Yeah. Um, second half, you know, Black is driving to the basket. And White kind of steps in front of him and knocks him over. You know, it, it was a hard foul, but not enough to, you know, go intentional. And so I go report the foul, and the coach tells me, that's the second time you warned that kid. And you know, I look back and at the kid I warned, I'm like, no, that, you know, that was the first time. He's like, no, I'm positive the second time. So he calls the timeout, and, um, you know, I talk to my partner. I'm like, do you remember – the kid I just called the foul on, was that his second warning or his first? And he said that was his first. And so I was like, okay, because I can't recall who the second one, the first one was on. And these two kids that, the one that had the block and then the one that had a heart foul looked alike, like very similar, you know, same hairstyle, very tall, you know, big kids. So I'm thinking he was referring to the uh, block and kind of the taunting and so after you know the you know go up to coach I'm like coach I want to get on the same page as you and you know I talked to my partner and I we really don't recall warning the second um this kid the second time and I asked him I was like what was the first time that we warned him he's like oh on the block and I'm like okay so that one definitely was number 14 that I want and then the one that had the hard foul was 24. You know, I am a million percent sure that's it and he didn't say anything and he nodded his head and walked away and so I felt you know hearing what he had to say because I don't remember and telling him I want to get on the same page as you kind of you know helped me out. That's really good language um, this is a normal conversation, right? You're, you did a really good approach. You, you're just kind of fact-finding to see what he's talking about just so you can find a common ground because we, you know, we don't remember seven plays ago. So, like, you're asking him questions, which shows you're listening, and it's giving him, him a chance to share his feelings, and then we find the common ground at the end. We shake hands. We walk away. So those are normal conversations, normal voice, no offense or defense required. Did you feel like there was, you needed to play offense or defense there? No. Okay. After, I, after I had asked him, you know, made those comments, you know, I want to get on the same page as you. You know, can you remind me the first time I warned him? You know, I felt confident after that. That's a great line. I got to add that, that one, Carmel. I want to get on the same page as you. Let's call that like a, cl a closing line 
you know, similar to, uh, um, is that fair, right? Um, maybe it's, it's not a question, but I think it hits the same mark. So I want to get on the same page as you. I want to make sure we're on the same page. It's good. Um, any situations of offense or defense? Um, not that I can think of at the moment. Um, How many games have you had so far? Um, about five college and about four high school. So you haven't had one situation where you needed to go address a coach at all? They've been well, behaving beautifully? You know, they actually, you know, I really haven't had out-of-control coaches. Um, I had a situation in a college game a couple weeks ago where it was the situation was tie score and seven seconds left uh team had it in their front court i was the lead and you know play is coming towards me and this player goes up first shot and he's wanting a foul from you know the defense and from my angle i couldn't see you know whether i was in good position or not i could not see and so you know, rebound transition, like five seconds left. Uh, or no, two, two seconds left. One of the players had bumped the now offensive team out of bounds. And so my partner called a foul. And, you know, we, get, we go to the line, you know, to potentially for a game when, you know, uh, free throw. And so he's kind of yelling and you know, he's honestly been respectful the whole game. You know, any calls I had, he respectfully asked the question, you know, what did she do wrong or what was that call? And, and he hasn't yelled. So I felt, you know, yes, I passed on that call that, you know, he's calling me. He's like, Carmelo, Carmelo, why, why isn't that a foul? And, you know, so, I, you know, I traded with my partner. Um, I told him, I was like, hey, go to see because I felt he deserved because he was very good. And, you know, he told me, he's like, I just don't get how you can pass on that call when your partner calls that call. And he's like, from what you guys have been calling all second half, you decide to pass on it. And I told him, I was like, you know, you're right. You're probably right. But I felt that, you know, the defender was going to guard the system. And I wasn't, you know, I thought I was at a good angle to make a no call. Well, he didn't say anything after that, but, you know, the fact that I was frustrated because it was, you know, in the game and I passed on the call and then my partner calls, you know, foul on the other end and I felt he deserved an explanation. Now, if he was yelling at me the whole game, I probably would have avoided him and not given him an explanation, but like I said, he was respectful the whole game and I felt so I'm not a big fan of calling my partner over to give an explanation. I think you did it at the right time. I think you understood the, the temperature of the moment. That's a good time to do it. I told my partners in the pregame last night, I said, if a coach is shouting at you from across the court, I'm going to de-escalate them. If they want to know a question about your play, I'm going to de-escalate them and handle it all myself. I'm not saying you're coming over. Because that's all we do is I'll, I'll go get my partner. No, I'll handle this. You don't have access to him right now. Sorry. <laughs> well, and he, and he, he, I mean, my partner definitely wasn't going to talk to him because um, we were going on the other side of the court anyways. But like I said, with my no call and his call and him trying, you know, to talk to me, you know, I felt he needed an explanation. And that was, like I said, if he was yelling at me the whole game or the crew, then I probably wouldn't have talked to him. But he was respectful the whole game. So let's let's stay on this point here. And um, I think that it's admirable when they're respectful all game, right? And he's even coming at you in a respectful um coming at you with respect at the end of the game so you honored his request and you kind of heard him out right i think a lot of times we we look at a coach who's been respectful all game long until the end or until you know early third quarter whenever it happens 
and we give them too much equity of what they've already did and it forces us to ignore what actually happens because we just say no he's been great all game oh we're going to give him a little leash here to me that doesn't mean anything you got to be great all game you know just just be you didn't win any extra points so don't you know um i just think that's another point to think about um don't let this situation cause you to avoid some something that you need to address you know and don't use that as it's always been good all game it's fine you know we had one little outburst or two little outbursts no it's just a simple approach like we expect professional communication that's what we expect so um, another tip I want to leave you guys with I don't know if you saw a video I put in the game management channel probably a week and a half ago, but it was it was just I was just making the point of how their demeanor changes when you close down into their space. So one court presence game management tip for you guys is don't have conversations from far away. So in this particular situation, coach was shouting at me. I was on the end line in lead. He's on the near bench. He's shouting at me, barking, barking, barking. I wasn't going to address him from there, um, but it was a dead ball opportunity. I had the ball in my hands trying about to administer a throw-in. I passed on administering the throw-in. I walked all the way to his bench. Uh, got you know I didn't get in his personal space but I got just close enough to where he felt my presence and it's as close as I can go to where it's inappropriate right so I let him feel my presence eye contact the whole time and I just noticed the whole video the beginning when I'm far away he's shouting 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 they love to shout when we're far away shouting close the distance shouting less close the distance shouting less backs up doesn't even say anything by the time I get to his space. So Chris, that might have been a great approach for you in that situation you had with the, the assistant where you walk all the way over to the coach and deliver your message when you're right there. Because if somebody, I mean, just think about that. It's I'm not going to say it's intimidating. I'm not trying to intimidate anybody. But when somebody walks towards you in a firm, you know, manner and like addresses you with something that you're doing and you know you might have did something wrong like i think you'll start to take a step back or be de-escalated by that so hopefully that's just another nugget there for you guys um i think this is an action-packed episode i'm gonna be honest with you i think this is fantastic i love you guys contributions bringing in um you know, real plays to it. Antoine, let's get to you before uh, me and you talk for a few minutes. Do you have any uh, game management or communication situations you want to run by the group? I just worked my first game last night. So um, I don't have anything recent. Um, got a lot of examples from, you know, almost 20 years of officiating, but um, I'm, I'm learning a lot from this little one hour you know interaction that we're having and I, I'm appreciating it soaking it all up like a sponge so um, I've just been listening and taking notes <laughs> thanks for saying that is there any questions you have what do you what do you struggle with um, which part actually everything that we've been covering today it is really helpful it it's really um it's really helping me to incorporate it into what I already have experienced. Um, a, a lot of the changing what you say and, and, you know, putting things as a question, like, is that fair? Um, you know, that's, that's huge. You know, it, it, it can really help you in, in the communication and de-escalating any potential you know, issues or confrontations with coaches, you know, other parents, whoever, but it, it, it can help not just officiating, but in life, you know, so I, I, I like it a lot. I'm learning it and I appreciate it. Thank you, man. Thank you for sharing. We, we try to provide way more than officiating education here because a lot of the answers we're looking for comes outside of the officiating realm. 
I, we just don't make the connection. So I'm here to make the connection. <laughs> so I'm glad it's uh, you know, rubbing off on you in a positive way. And I've been getting a lot of feedback about our mindset content lately. And I think this, this topic ties directly into it. So we got to start to shift our mindset and um, just toughen up a little bit and lose the fear. Um, does anybody have anything else in closing before we go they want to share? Um, just on the point of like losing that fear, right? So I was going to ask you like personally for yourself, like you've been officiating for a while now, like how, when did you, when do you think you finally like personally were able to say like, okay, like I, I, like you were able to like, how do I frame it? Like you were, you had the confidence to be able to like think like this kind of, mm. you know, like just getting those reps in, is that kind of what helped you? Like getting the actual reps in during the game and like realizing and recognizing like this isn't how we should be treated kind of, and just like one day trying to implement it or? It's just been a long going process. You know, I'm, I'm finally here now and I'm, I'm looking to, to evolve and, and grow on it. But like I said, I, I get so much interaction with referees from around the world. I hear so many different stories, so much, and that just builds up um, my interaction skills, my communication, and I, and I hear so many stories too about, you know, abuse and fear and, you know, just just a ton of stuff. But just to bring it back on the court, I mean, it just comes with experience. It comes with reps, and it also comes with just to go back to all the mindset tips, like that chart that I sent to the group, like the superpowers. The more you can hone in on all of those, which creates happiness for you. There's less fear. There's less fear of a basketball coach, you know, yelling at you or disagreeing with your call. So that's, I just think we have to take it out of the officiating realm. I'm super happy guy. There's nothing to be scared about. I'm not saying I'm 100% fear free because I still think there's those micro moments where you're, this could be one, this could be a split second where my blood, blood pressure goes up a little bit. And that still happens. Um, but I'm just trying to reduce it with, with you guys and, and really try to eliminate that component because it can really, it really trickles into so many other bad areas and it acts as a crutch. So if we're reffing the game for the right reasons, we're, we're here to serve the game in the truest sense. So we always do what's best for the game. And that goes above any ref, any coach, any player. So just kind of having that mentality and not, we're not, we're not, the, the coach is not our boss. So we're not here, you know, just to satisfy the coach. I, I'm working on a post. Let me just read you the headline. Um, stop seeking the coach's admiration. I don't know what else to say. I don't care if they like me I, I know i'm a good guy i'm trying my best i'm gonna be professional and respectful and whatever they think i'm gonna live with that and be okay so let's just swipe left on how they feel about you doesn't matter we, yeah, good stuff. appreciate you guys coming thank you chris thank you carmella thank you antoine elvis and we appreciate everybody listening on Spotify or Patreon or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the audio experience for basketball officials. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast. Serve the game. Thank you so much for listening to the episode. If you would like to be part of Rapid Responses 11 and also join our community for officials, you can reach out directly or go to patreon.com backslash crownruffs.